are listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael G. Moore. Please visit our website at inacitylikeyours.com. That's I-N-A-C-I-T-Y-L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-R-S dot C-O-M. For links to our social media, all popular podcast platforms, and links of interest pertaining to all episodes. On this episode, I chat with Rachel. Rachel became interested in astrology at the age of eight. This interest would grow into a successful international career for which she would do charts and readings for average and famous individuals alike. She would also attend university to study graphic design and would find considerable success in the field of visual art. We discuss her astrology skills and how that and her art have changed her life. Here is Rachel's story. Hi, my name is Rachel Stewart Haas, and I'm an astrologer and an artist. And I first got into astrology probably around middle school. My mom um, brought home a book called Linda Goodman's Love Signs. And I I just, I couldn't put it down. And then I think my, my father like snatched it away and kind of looked through it and went, no, 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 this is not appropriate. So it, it kind of became like, ooh, this allure, this taboo thing. And um, I was kind of hooked after that. And I just kind of basically was interested in the basic sun sign astrology. Like, oh, this, you know, there's this boy I like and he's an Aries or, or this is my best friend and she's a Scorpio. And so I kind of just really was interested in the psychology of astrology and what it, um, what it kind of meant for each individual person and how they fit that particular sign. So I felt like I got a really, um, I really delved into just the basic sun sign of astrology. And it really wasn't until I was in college that I really started having access to astrology computer programs where they could kind of pull up a chart really fast instead of kind of hand drawing it and casting it yourself that I really started learning about, oh, wait a minute, you know, we have an ascendant and we have a moon and, 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 you know, yes, this person is a Libra, but look, their Venus is in, in this sign. And then I really started, um, teaching myself and, you know, collecting as many books as I can about what that means. And then I think it was really into the late 90s, early 2000s that I was just, you know, everybody I met, every friend that would that would let me know their birth time and all their their information with their chart. I would just, you know, constantly be reading for them and, you know, constantly calling them up and like, hey, this is going on for you today. How was your day? And some would get really annoyed, but some really enjoyed it. And one day someone said, well, I'm really loving this. Let me pay you for it. And thus my business was born, so to speak. Why don't you talk a little bit about what each sign means? Okay, so there's 12 signs in the Zodiac. The first one is Aries, 
And it's interesting that we're talking about this because every March 20th starts the first day of Aries. So today is the the first day of Aries and Aries are, you know, they're associated with the Ram. They're associated with the planet Mars. They're pushy. They're, you know, they're, they're, they kind of get in there first because they're the first sign of the Zodiac and they're associated with, with spring. They kind of want to, you know, be the first to react to something. So they're usually really pushy, slightly bossy people, but you know, in a situation where you need someone to take action right away, Aries are the ones to do it. The second sign of the Zodiac is Taurus, and Taurus is associated with a bull and the planet Venus. And I always think of, you know, Ferdinand the bull associated with Taurus. Taurus also usually loves comfort food, so sometimes they're associated with a baked potato. But they're very slow and cautious and security-minded. So we think of the stock market with the bull, and they love money. They need security and they're really slow to react. But really, once they get going, you know, they have inertia. They just don't stop. Um, And they're very, very stable. So the third sign is Gemini. Gemini is associated with twins and the planet Mercury. And Geminis are all they're an air sign and they're all about communication. And you'll most of the Geminis that you meet Um, there's something with communication. They either, you know, need to be very social or they're very intellectual in some way. And they love kind of, you know, constantly, um, grasping more, more knowledge and searching that out and finding it and researching and, and reading and all of that. The downside of Gemini's is they can get too, um, flighty at times because they are the twins. And so they can be associated with, um, Two, almost two different kind of personas sometimes that kind of go back and forth on things. So the fourth sign is cancer. And cancer is associated with the moon and a crab. And cancers get a bad rap. I am a cancer. So I know that that they always say, oh, they're so sensitive and they cry a lot and they just want their mommy. And really, they're very they're a very powerful sign because they are the nurturers of the zodiac wheel. And and, um, they really kind of take care of things and and they really want everybody to to feel protected in some ways. Usually cancers really see everybody as if they were a baby. And so they end up being really great with people. And, uh, you know, sometimes with kids, sometimes not depends on the cancer. Um, the fifth sign is Leo and Leo is associated with the sun and the, and a lion and Leos are the stars of the Zodiac. They love being on stage. They love getting attention. They're very dramatic. They're very theatrical and they're very childlike in their negative form. They can also be very childlike. (laughs) So they can also be like, you know, giant having giant temper tantrums and and uh, and things like that. The sixth sign is Virgo and Virgo is also associated with the planet Mercury and is also associated with the, the Virgin. And they can really be almost like the little librarians of the Zodiac wheel. Virgos are very organized. 
usually. They um, they like controlled chaos mostly, but they're usually pretty organized only because they see every little detail and it can drive other people crazy, especially other signs that like to gloss over details because they notice every little thing. So they really help. They're really great for helping us get organized. They're usually very loyal and they can also be very neurotic because they their their brains tend to kind of go on overdrive at times. The seventh sign is Libra and Libra is associated with the scales and it is also associated with the planet Venus. It shares that with Taurus. And, you know, Libra's interesting because most of these signs are associated with either, you know, an animal or a, a mythical being of some sort. And Libra is the only one that is that is neither of those. It, it's it's kind of associated with something that's not alive. And that doesn't mean that Libras don't breathe life into everything. But because they are associated with the scales... Libras are very balanced. They like cooperation. They are the most fair sign in the zodiac. They like want peace at any price. They hate arguing. They hate conflict. It drives them crazy because they want balance. And they can really see both sides of a situation where no other sign can really do that. So it makes them kind of special and they need to be in a partnership. They, they hate being alone. They love being with people. Um, it makes them feel safe and secure. The eighth sign is Scorpio, and Scorpio is associated with a scorpion and is associated with both Mars and Pluto because it was mostly associated with Mars before they discovered Pluto, which is still a planet, and to me at least, anyway. And so Scorpios are intense. They're very passionate. They want deep emotional you know, connectivity. They aren't afraid of things that are dark and gross and taboo. They're usually little detectives. They like figuring things out. And they tend to be... They, they say that Scorpios are more sexual, but really Scorpios are associated with shared energy, which is why they can deal with money better than any other sign, because they're not afraid to kind of get all in there into other people's stuff. So Scorpios are very strong. They're very, very, very powerful signs. The ninth sign is Sagittarius. Sagittarius is associated with the planet Jupiter and is also associated with a centaur, which is a half-human, half-horse. And Sagittarius's are the big mouths of the zodiac wheel. They constantly have the foot-and-mouth <laughs> conundrum, and they tend to talk a lot, and they're optimistic, and I always think of them as like the real, they come in and they're real happy with a big smile on their face, and they're like a fun drunk uncle, you know, that you have that's that's kind of, you know, very generous and, and um, giving out a lot of stuff, and Sagittarius love to travel. They don't like to be tied down. They don't like to be told what to do. They want to see the world. They want to experience a lot of stuff. And then they want to tell everybody about it. They're really a fun, great sign. Everybody needs a good Sagittarius in their life. The tenth sign is Capricorn, very different from Sagittarius. Capricorns are associated with a goat. Um, they are also associated with the planet Saturn. And Capricorns are very hardworking. 
and they are success oriented and they're very, very driven. And they, they, they have just a burning desire to be recognized and to be recognized for doing a good job. And the majority of Capricorns out there you'll find are very, very business savvy too. So they're, they're kind of, um, you know, they're, they're the workers. They really, they're really great at turning something into nothing and making a great business of it. So if you ever really need good business advice, you know, go find a, a good Capricorn to give it to you. The 11th sign is Aquarius, associated with the planet Uranus. And also, um, it is it is said to be the water barrier, which is strange because it doesn't feel like it really connects with Aquarius very much because everyone thinks, oh, well, then Aquarius is a water sign. But it's not. It's an air sign. Aquariuses are future forward thinkers. They, unlike Cancers, unlike Taurus, they do not dwell in the past whatsoever. They are, they are not even in the present. They are light years ahead of the rest of us. And they like working within the community and they like to better the world. And so you'll find a lot of Aquarians, you know, um, they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, fighting for animal rights or are, you know, they're, they're, um, Oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? They're, um, you know, trying to, they're, tr they're, they're activists. That's the word I'm thinking of. It's a mercury retrograde. I'm, I'm having a, a hard time finding words, but they're activists of some sort. And they're, they're always, you know, they, they want to make sure the world is, is a better place in the future where other signs are like, eh, well, you know, if it's good enough for right now, but Aquarians are like, no, 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 we need to make sure that the future is, is great. So we need a lot of Aquarians out there to make sure that, you know, they're paving the way for us and then they're making sure everything is, is in a good place. They're a great sign. The last and final sign is Pisces and Pisces is associated with the planet Neptune and the fish. They have, the, they usually see the two fish kind of swimming around one another and Pisces are really artistic. They love escapism they can be really delusional at times, but they're really romantic and they don't have a lot of boundaries so that, you know, the whole thing of like, we are all one, we are all together. You know, Pisces will really come in and, and very similar to cancer in a way where cancers nurture, but Pisces want to save. So they want to to help people and, and they think that they can save them and and take care of them because they realize if, you know, if this person is hurting over here, it hurts me because we are all one entity and we all need to, to kind of take care of one another. So that's a really um, semi quick version of the 12 signs. How about the the different planets? What do they have in common with? I mean, I heard you mention many times that the signs are associated with a different planet. Uh, how? What does that actually entail? Well, it, it's you know you can have um, 
different planets, when you pull up someone's astrology chart, or if we're looking at the sky today, for example, um, we know that that right now in the sky, Mars is in the sign of Taurus. Well, Mars really loves to be in the sign of Aries because Mars is associated with Aries. Mars um, in the sign of Taurus has a completely different feel. So you can go through each of, you know, you can take one planet and really go through each of the signs and it, it has like a different flavoring. Mars in general in somebody's chart shows where we're aggressive and it shows where we have energy and where we get that spark to start something new. So Mars in Aries is very warrior-like because Aries is already very much like that. So this gets, it kind of gives you a little extra oomph when you have Mars in Aries. When somebody has Mars in Taurus, which anybody who's born right now or around this time, is they're getting Mars in Taurus. When you have Mars in Taurus, Taurus is very slow and stubborn. So this is, you know, your fighting style. When you get aggressive, when you spark with something, you know, maybe it takes, it, just like a Taurus, it takes you a long time to kind of get going, but when you do, you really go. And it also makes you quite a stubborn fighter. Mars and Gemini, and you can kind of go on and on and on throughout the 12 signs. So every planet is like that. Every planet has a different association with depending on which sign it's in. And so to read a chart, we have to look at all the planets and all the different signs that they're in and then how they relate to one another. Is Mars and Venus talking in the chart? Is Mars and Neptune talking in the chart? And then you, you kind of delineate the chart from there and we kind of get a great idea what is this person about? What is their personality? What is, you know, what are, what are the kind of things that they like? What are the kind of things that turn them off? Um, where are they fearful? Where are they confident? And we kind of get a good psychological view of each individual person. Then it becomes really interesting. How about the moon in the different phases of the moon? So the moon, people people read the moon differently. You can read the moon as, as differently. For example, if you're born during a full moon, those people usually have big personalities. Donald Trump was born during a full moon. Big personality. Then there are the people who are born during a new moon. And they seem to be a little more quiet and introspective than those full moon babies. And you can kind of go around and, and you know, do the different phases of the moon. But it is the the moon in someone's chart shows their emotional makeup and it's it's kind of the ooey gooey center of how we really are that we don't show a lot of people and kind of comes out when we really trust people that we're around it also shows how you were nurtured when you were a baby when you were a child because and then it shows how you nurture yourself so for example Someone with a moon in Libra usually nurtures themselves through art and music because that's how they were nurtured and things being balanced and, and things like that. Somebody um, with a moon in Taurus usually nurtures themselves with food because usually they had a parent that 
that did that to them are, you know, either baked a lot or gave them a lot of food and, and that becomes comforting and so on and so on. And, and it depends on which planets are hitting on the moon and where that moon is and which house the moon is in. So there's a lot of different factors for, um, what, you know, what a planet does in someone's chart. It can be quite maddening and it takes, it takes a lot of years of studying, I have to say. Do the stars outside of our solar system, do they have any effect on uh, the signs? Uh, yes and, and no. You know, there's, there's, um, they're discovering stuff all the time. And, of course, of course, there's some stuff that we have not discovered that is probably affecting you and I that we just don't have any idea um, there are asteroids that people have studied that we are, you know, figuring out, you know, what is this asteroid? Uh, so there's an asteroid called Vesta and Vesta is associated with the hearth fire. It's the flame, the internal flame that never goes out. So I don't take a, a huge amount of stock in the asteroids. I kind of give the planets a little more substance and I think the asteroids are kind of fun to throw in there because, you know, sometimes they really they really do pack a punch every now and again. But I think the I think it's the planets that, that we really, really know very well. For example, there was an asteroid um, discovered in 1975 called Chiron. And that's pretty new. We don't know a whole lot about Chiron. There's um, a man named Zane Stein who wrote a fabulous book on it. And then there's another one, you know, I can't remember his name. Called He wrote a book on Chiron called The Rainbow Bridge. And they, they kind of associate it with being like a wounded healer. And so we're kind of still discovering what exactly that means. So it, it takes time. Um, you know, the Egyptians studied this. So we've known, you know, what what Venus and Mercury and Mars and, and kind of those those inner planets have been doing for, you know, gosh, eons, eons. So it, it really takes a long time to understand, you know, what this planet, what it really means in a, someone's chart and what it's doing in the sky. How about you mentioned earlier uh, casting a chart? What does yes. that entail? So when you cast a chart, you take somebody's birthday, year, place, and exact time that they were born. And from there, you pull up an ephemeris, which shows you where all of the planets are in the sky at a certain time. And you draw up a chart. So from there, we know, you know, this is this planet goes here and this planet was here at the time you were born. And and, you know, the this this sign was rising in the east and you kind of figure out a chart from there. And thank goodness we have uh, computers and programs to do it for us because it really was quite an, an extensive amount of work to do by hand prior to having computers. We're quite lucky now. So they're kind of a roadmap to what your, um, your I guess your psyche. Yeah, it's your blueprint. It's kind of like your blueprint for life. 
And it shows your traits and your tendencies and your strengths and your weaknesses. And, you know, as as we grow, as we evolve, as things in the sky, you know, change and and aspect our own chart, you know, we can tweak some of these things. For example, somebody who has maybe who is born with mercury in the 12th house may be very, very shy when they were little. And as as um, through things that such as progressions and transits, they kind of evolve out of that. And you can say, hey, were you were you really shy when you were younger? And most of the time they'll say, yeah, yeah. And you can tell because the way that they think, the way that they talk and communicate was in the very private 12th house when they were born. What does that mean, 12th house? So each house has a different association. And so when when you draw up an astrology wheel, it looks like a pizza pie. And there are 12 houses. Each are associated with the 12 signs. And with those houses, each house means a certain thing. So if we put, say, Mercury, the planet of communication, in the first house, the first house is very visible. So we know this is a talker. This person talks a lot. If we put it in, in the, the last house, which is the hidden house, not so much. So you can kind of determine, you know, how these planets play out by sign, by location, and by aspects. Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a Libra, and what you've said before really sounds a lot like me. I'm artistic, and uh, I like things balanced. I don't like conflict. Um, what would be something uh, what house well do you have to know my birthday in order to uh, well do you know do you know what time you were born no i don't i just know my date (laughs) okay so if you knew what time and and if you don't know what time you were born most of the time um because mothers can sometimes be forgetful in the throes of childbirth um it's usually on your birth certificate so once once we we go from there, you know, but we can pull up. I've got my program open. So why don't you tell me your birthday and I can kind of throw that up there and give you some information. Okay, October 7. Do you need the year? Mhm. 1961. Okay, and we don't know what time you were born, and so we don't know because we don't know what time you were born, we don't know where your son is in Libra. We don't know if it's in the 12th house. We don't know if it's in the first house because that wheel is the sky. And the sky is constantly moving and constantly changing. Okay? But what we do know when we pull up your chart is, yes, you are a Libra. And, you know, you are a guilty Libra because your Libra sun is at a 90 degree angle with the planet Saturn. So I love when we have uh, a hard Saturn angle to your sun because it gives you accountability. Now, the the hard thing about being a, a Libra with Saturn squaring your sun is you are very hard on yourself. You know, you, you want to, you always want to be better and you always know that your, your job is never, you're your worst critic. You know, you're always like, oh, that's not good enough. I'm not doing a good job. And those, I love that because it gives you drive and it gives you determination and you keep wanting to 
better yourself. Now, the downside of having a Saturn, a hard Saturn angle is Saturn can sometimes make you depressed. So you'll go through periods in your life where you're really, really down. And then you go through periods where you're like that little billy goat up the mountain going, nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be determined and I'm going to I'm going to get it. So that's a really powerful aspect that you have in your chart. We don't know your rising. We don't know your ascendant because we don't know what time you were born. But we do know that your moon is in Virgo. So you're very detail oriented. So emotionally, you know, you you can see every little detail and sometimes you can overthink things to the point of being um, almost obsessive about things. So, you know, for you, meditation or, or exercise or anything to kind of calm your brain down would be amazing because that little moon in Virgo is just, you know, your head is kind of constantly churning, constantly going with that. Sometimes people who have moon in Virgo also have a lot of allergies, food allergies or stomach upsets or sensitivities with things like that because you you do have a sensitive moon sign. So that's something to watch out too. Your moon is very close to the planet Venus, so this makes you very artistic. And as a Libra, you already have an artistic flair. So this just kind of, you know, when we're looking at your chart and if we didn't know you, we'd say, ah, oh, this is a guy who's going to be into the arts. Because he's very, you know, already we've got two things that are associated with this. You also have three planets in Scorpio. You have Mercury in Scorpio, and it's very near the planet Mars, and it's very near the planet Neptune. So Neptune is very creative, and Mars is very active. So I think you've got a chart that could be also if you're if you're not using it artistically, you would be a great writer because you think really fast. You're very smart and you're very creative with your thinking. You can also when when you get mad, you can kind of have a little bit of a temper and you kind of know where to you kind of when you get mad at someone, it's like, you know, uh, how to go right for the jugular because that that mercury and scorpio it really it really almost has like a this this psychic ability to say like oh yeah watch me i know exactly where to hurt somebody and your brain works very detective like you like figuring things out it's really really fun for you to do so you have a really really interesting chart and then when we we talk about your natal chart for a while and your natal chart is that chart you were born with we then run what's called transits to your to your chart and transits are really just what we're looking at is what's going on in the sky right now and we kind of lay that over your chart and we determine you know what's what's kind of happening for you so the first thing I notice when I pull up your chart is, haha, we have the planet Uranus, which is fresh into the sign of Taurus for the first time in 85 years, is now starting to move in an opposition with your Mercury, your Mars, and your Neptune, that trifecta of Scorpio energy you have. So we know this is waking you up, Michael, mentally. And I think that you're going to start doing a lot more stuff with your communication, such as this this podcast you're doing. This makes sense. Um, you may do some some more writing with it. You may 
you know, start churning out a lot of genius art ideas. And the thing for you to watch out for, and it'll especially creep up on you um, this summer, is the ideas are going to just start pouring into you like a flash. So we know that you kind of get hard on yourself. So when these ideas kind of flood in for you, you have to kind of, it's almost like it's this swirling energy that comes in really quick and leaves just as fast. And it's almost like you have to jump and act on it right away. And you're used to a lot of self-doubt with Saturn squaring your sun. So this is going to be a nice temporary vacation from, you know, you constantly second guessing yourself and constantly overanalyzing everything with that moon in Virgo, Uranus is going to say, screw it, let's just act. Let's just act really fast. Let's just grab it by the by the horns and go for it right now. And that's something that, that you may have never experienced before. And you've got this for the next, you know, about three to four years because Uranus is out there, so it's a longer transit. So use this. I think it's going to be really exciting to see what you do with this. Well, that is exciting. Uh, it is. And I think it's interesting that you, you mentioned the low points and the high points. I'm bipolar. Yes. And so that just fits in right there. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, it shows that on there because you can vacillate between between the two of those. Absolutely. Well, you're an artist as well. How yes. is, what's your chart like? Well, I am a Cancer with uh, Leo rising, and I have a Taurus moon. Um, my let me pull up my chart. I, I'm so used to reading other people's charts. I almost never look at my own chart. So I have my Cancer Sun is very closely linked with the planet Venus, which is art. But there's an actual area in the chart which is associated with the fifth house and in the fifth house I have Neptune and Neptune is a, a very it's it's the planet of you know it's the god of the sea it's very creative it's very music oriented it's also very escapist you know it doesn't care if you if it uses if you use Neptune for you know, creating a symphony or a piece of art or escaping into a whole bottle of wine. Neptune doesn't care as long as you use it. And so I have it in the fifth house. So I have the ability, if I want to, to tap into that and use it for a creative expression. I also have Saturn in the sign of Leo, which is also very artistic as well. So because I have Saturn and Leo, it gives me the drive to be an artist. If I didn't have that, um, I may, you know, be happy just drinking the day away. But because I have Saturn and I've got Venus close to my sun, I'm able to really create something out of it and make some, some substance out of that. That Saturn um, which which can be a really hard planet, can really end up being our friend in the long run. Because without the, the hard things in our chart, we can get lazy. So everybody, you know, asks me when they come in, oh, don't tell me if I have anything bad. I really want to make sure I have a good chart. And we really don't want a good chart. Because a good chart means that we can lay around on the couch all day, getting high and thinking it's great. And that there's nothing wrong with that. 
you know, we need the guilt. We need the accountability. And that's what a hard Saturn will do for you. How about, um, why don't you talk a little bit about your art and how you got started in art and what you went to school and studied and um, what that process was like for you? Well, I kind of just, I really, art, art was, you know, it just was there since I could, you know, hold a pencil. It was just something I did. And I always did it and I kind of, didn't really think about it. It was, you know, just something I did. And then when it was time to go to college, uh, I really, you know, I was looking around at different schools and it just hit me, you know, I, I really just want to be an artist. That's, that's really what I want to do. It's not just going to be some hobby on the side for me. So I ended up going to the Kansas City Art Institute in Casey, Missouri, and I majored in design and illustration. And from there, I went as quickly as I can to New York City, where I was just dead set determined to be an illustrator. And I did pretty, I did pretty well while I was there. I, I worked for the Village Voice. Um, I had a piece in the New Yorker. I, and I, I, I did pretty, I did pretty well. And, um, but I didn't, I wasn't really crazy about living in New York. And I, and I really, I'm, I'm a, I'm a really, I hate, I really don't like authority. I'm pretty bad with authority. So I didn't like people telling me what to do with my art. That, that kind of, I didn't realize how much that, that would drain me. So I decided I don't like this. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I went back to Kansas City and I ended up working for a greeting card company. And I was doing art for a greeting card company, but I opened up an art gallery, an art gallery, excuse me, with some friends called the Green Door Gallery. It's no longer there. And um, I, I just I would get these ginormous canvases because everything, you know, when I lived in New York had to be so super, super tiny. And so I'd get these ginormous canvases when I moved back to Kansas City and I created all these huge pieces of work and I would slosh around paint everywhere and it just felt so freeing and nobody was telling me, oh, you know, can you change that to red or maybe can you move that over there? And it, it just felt so great. And I started selling these paintings and I got into a gallery in Kansas City and it just became something I never stopped doing. And then eventually in 2004, my husband and I decided to move um, back home. So I quit my day job and and I just came back here to Shreveport where I've continued to do the art and um the and then i had my children i had two kids and those they they took up some time there for a couple of years and and kind of still are but after you know getting some freedom with them going back into school that's when the astrology business really picked up and i would say they're really you know they're really even they're really both even where where it's i'm really lucky i get to kind of have this this um multitask career here where I can do, I feel like I'm an Asian fusion restaurant or something, you know, some days I'm this and some days I'm that. So I get to wear different hats and it, it's not boring. It keeps me interested on both of them and I still really enjoy it. Talk a little bit about your girls or what I like to call your girls. 
I know that your 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 current style there is a a character that you seem to use. Is she you or uh, is she a manifestation of something else? No, she's not. She's not me. Um, but I, I, I clearly, you know, whatever I'm going through in life seems, seems to, um, show up on the canvas. And I I really started kind of creating her my senior year of college. And I've always been interested in fashion and, and, um, drawing females. I've never been interested in, you know, landscapes or, or, you know, even, even males drawing males, we drew a lot because we had, you know, nude studies every day. And I would always be so bummed when a a male showed up, I'd be like, Oh, it's just an upside down triangle. You guys are so boring to draw. No offense. And I would get so excited when a female would come in because there's all these fun curves and you could, you know, do their, their shapes differently. And, and so I just find females much more fun to draw and also go back to the astrology chart because I got to do both. I'm a sun Venus conjunction. So if I had Mars on my sun, I would probably be painting man, but because I have Venus, which is associated with women, I'm going to paint women. And I don't really look at the girl as the same girl. To me, it's, it's a completely different person every time I paint because I think if it was the same girl in my head, I know a lot of people don't, you know, share that same viewpoint, but if it was the same person, I I think I would get bored with her by now, but, but I'm not. So to me, she's different every time. It's almost like having a doll or dolls and playing, you know, I kind of put them in certain different scenarios that that is something that I'm feeling at the time, whether that be frustrated or, are happy or confident or, or even more specific than that. What would you say would be your highlight in your artist career and in your astrology career? Hasn't happened yet. I don't, I don't know if, if, um, I think if I found that I would stop. I mean, there have been, there's been, there's been great things, you know, there's been, there's been really like exciting things. Um, you know, such as when I won, um, when Robert Pincus, um, when I won that award with Art Space for um, Critical Mass, I thought that was, I was just giddy with that. That was amazing. But, you know, I, I always keep wanting, not more, I don't want to say like more, but I always, you know, what's next? What's next kind of thing. And, um, with astrology, I think it's the people I meet. The, because I read for people all over the world, and I read for other astrologers. I read for physicians, psychologists, celebrities. And it, it's just unbelievably fascinating. And I, I really, as such an introvert as I've always considered myself, I was really surprised how, how very curious about people I really am and and um and and that's really opened up another side of me that that that's very refreshing something I like to ask all my guests is how what kind of advice would you give someone who is looking to have 
a chart done or is looking to astrology to help guide their lives? Find an astrologer. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you can you can kind of try. There's lots of things online that you can kind of start, you know, learning, do it yourself. You can go to astrodark.com and you can kind of um, put in your own information and cast your own chart. And I think you can kind of click on things that, you know, this means this and that means that. And that's a good kind of self-help tool. But if you're really going through something, um, I, I would say just so you know what it kind of entails, get get an astrology, an astrological reading. And there's lots of astrologers out there and, and um, you don't have to get the the super expensive ones that have been around for, you know, eons and eons. You know, there's there's lots of baby astrologers out there that are learning and that are very good that that you can, you know, find and and um, go from there. 